Welcome to the Thrive Podcast with the Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church. How, how does your faith kind of play into it or does it play into it? What can be done about it? When I say the church, I'm talking about uh, evangelical white Christians and the black folk who attend their churches. Hello, welcome to the Thrive Podcast with the Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church. I'm Fred Jeff Smith, pastor of Shiloh, and I'm very happy that you're either viewing this on YouTube or listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, or Amazon Prime. As always, we invite your input. You're welcome to text us uh, and uh, or email us at fredjeffsmith at gmail.com, fredjeffsmith at, email, at gmail.com. Let us know how we're doing and what we can do to make this better. I am extremely happy today to welcome uh, a classmate of mine, a friend of, of mine, and a servant of the Baton Rouge community, Chana Banks, who is currently uh, Metro Council District 2 representative and running for House District 63. Chana, welcome to the Thrive Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It is absolutely an honor and a pleasure to be here this morning. So tell me this. Mm -hmm. What's wrong with the Democratic Party? Can, can, can we just start there? Yeah. Uh, we're running uh, what I consider to be an anemic race for governor. Yes. Uh, with a candidate that we're going to try our best to support, but who does not seem to be uh, winning over uh, the people that we need to win over mm -hmm. in order to be successful against the juggernaut that is Jeff Landry. I have concerns about state politics mm -hmm. with regard to the governorship. I think Jeff Landry would be worse than even Bobby Jindal was. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't have uh, adequate representation in either the House or the Senate. Uh, Republicans have super majorities mm -hmm. in both houses. What's wrong with the Democratic Party? Uh, I think we've lost our identity, our purpose, our vision, and um, we've become so assimilated that um, that we we give in so easily. Um, it, it's, it's just a matter of principles, and there aren't aren't any. Uh, we are a divided foe. There is that. Uh, crawfish in the barrel mentality. Mm -hmm. um, there's, you know, quite honestly, a lot of uh, jealousy. There's a lot of fear of losing uh, whatever envisioned position that many of our Democratic leaders, especially that are black, um, feel that they have. And um, it's, it's we're, we're constantly selling each other out. That's the bottom line. You use the word assimilated. Could you elaborate a little bit on that, please? Well, you know, I've like literally talked to. Um, let's just say that this this is not a time that I would have wanted to be fighting um, prior to civil rights, mm -hmm. uh, Jim Crow. Uh, somehow, as professional black persons, that suddenly for the last forty, fifty years have gained political power. Uh, especially in Louisiana as it relates to um, our local government mm -hmm. as well as our state government and even our federal gov government. We think we've arrived. 
um, whatever the seed sowed to get us to those positions, um, there it has caused us to say, what have you done for me lately? Mm -hmm. And we don't feel that black people are doing it. So we, we've moved away from our base. Uh, many of our representatives, um, they have come, they've begun to live such a lifestyle that they are now needed. And they aren't free to speak for the very purpose that we all fought for um, black representation. Mm -hmm. So the black representation on a lot of cases that we have now, um, it's basically me, my, us, four, and no more. And that's what's unfortunate. And the, 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 the real problem is our young people see it. So when I talk to uh, young millennials, for the most part, they actually, um, in a lot of cases, really value the Trump mentality because they feel that at least we get in the true person. And so that is a real problem. Um, in going out registering young people, they are voting, they are registering as Republicans more than uh, we would like to admit. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, it's, it's really a fact that we've lost a true, woeful, committed, united identity uh, as both a Democratic Party as well as um, our black people that uh, really made a substantial amount of advances as being part of that Democratic Party. You said that young people are registering as Republican. If I were to ask you to differentiate between uh, a Democrat and a Republican in today's environment, what would you At which say? level of government? At well, we're talking about state government. Mm -hmm. that, that's the office sure. that you're thinking. So, so mm -hmm. let's talk about it from a state standpoint. Again, you know, I'll just share some of the experiences <clears throat> that I have had in okay. the fight. So uh, beginning in 2015, when um, I commissioned the NBR Now Blue Ribbon Commission, uh, it was to get an ER in North Baton Rouge. Uh, we had looked at Howell Place, um, a three-story building, uh, medical complex fitted for such purpose mm -hmm. and um, me leading that effort along with other advocates there was not one black representative at the state level that supported that uh, we um, we had a meeting with um, I think it's the chief of staff and many of the persons that represented um, the governor's staff and they literally said, you need to go back and talk to your Baton Rouge delegation. And we were like, why? And they're like, because they say that you don't need it. The same six million you're looking for, they're asking that we put it somewhere else. So that's an example of what we are facing when I fought for the Baton Rouge Zoo to stay in its current location. Mm -hmm. It was state representative, once we started doing public records requests, it were people on the state level that actually wrote letters of support to move the Baton Rouge Zoo. Mm -hmm. um, those are the untold stories um, that we're fighting with. And, and you know, recently someone called me and they're like, you know, and I don't pay, put a lot of weight in endorsements. Mm -hmm. um, and have and so I haven't seen endorsements, probably won't ever see them. But they're like, wow, there's all the state legislation uh, not in supporting you. And I said because I bring a sense of 
um, of concern for the people. And though I've grown to the point where I'm not the call it out kind of person mm-hmm. that I used to be, mm-hmm. I've learned other strategic tactics that are just as effective. Um, so there's a certain amount of fear. I don't care how long you've been there, how much money you have, or where you live. Nothing beats truth. And uh, it, when I see that there's going to be a situation where we are selling out on uh, the very people who elect us and need us, yes, I am going to be someone who they'll have to contend with. Okay. And I appreciate that answer. Mm-hmm. But I asked you okay. a different question. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Differentiate for me okay. what a, a, a state-level Democrat is versus a state-level Republican. Well, I mean, that, that's not to dismiss what you said. Yeah, I yeah, appreciate yeah, I what got you said. But, but, but I want to, you, you said that young people are, vo- are, are registering Republican. Mm-hmm. I want you to help me understand what they see in the Republican Party okay. that would make them register that way. They see the same thing they see uh, when they look at mo- uh, videos, um, music videos. They see money, they see success, they see movers and shakers, um, they see influence. Those are the things that they see opportunities. They see welc- being welcomed, mm-hmm. uh, regardless as to where you are on the spectrum of uh, being male, female, rich, black, gay, lesbian, straight, whatever it is, that in the fact that whether they can actually attain that or live it through someone else, that is the draw. They don't, they don't see that in the Democratic Party. So... Um, our young people are hungry for advancement mm-hmm. without any really, without our necessary traditional methods by which we see it as advancement. Uh, get an education, get a good job, mm-hmm. um, buy a house, whatever. They don't see that. Nobody's really talking about how do we get there, and there are so many systemic barriers and a lack of information, and we've moved two to three generations in families where they actually live that Mm -hmm. experience for whatever reason. So our kids won't microwave everything. And they they may not even know the struggles that they see on the video. They may not know the struggles they see in the Republican Party. Mm -hmm. But what they know is that's what I want. Do they perceive the Republican Party as being pro-black? We are very individualized, and okay. though, um, as, you know, we, ha- we have organizations, NAACP, Black Power, all that, and those are, are, are organizations that are trying to um, empower blacks, increase voter registration, increase civil engagement, mm-hmm. but our, our young people are very individualized. So it's what can, how can I benefit from this? So they're not looking at um, the party in terms of race. They're basically looking at the parties in terms of success. How will I benefit from whatever the—and uh, the, and they're not as astute in how people are voting. Mm-hmm. They're not as astute as what that means, uh, affirmative action. Our black generation right now— that, that is not even part of their equation, even though they may be benefiting from it. They don't know that. They just know I applied, this is what happened, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, 
my students, I, I work at a high school, and um, our, our students um, don't know that they can't get an abortion. You know, um, when, when, they, when they're coming up pregnant and um, their plan is an abortion, and, you know, as a counselor, I'm like, you cannot get an abortion. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, I've had them where they phantom that experience all the way to saying they have an appointment, and then they just drop out. Mm-hmm. So, did I do a good job? Yes, you did. That? That, okay. That, that that was an answer to my question. Okay, good. And it leads me to this question: Whose responsibility is it to better educate our young people so that they can draw more clear lines of delineation between parties? Mm-hmm. Is that the party's responsibility? Is that the community's responsibility? Is that the home, uh, the home's responsibility? Mm-hmm. Who's who's accountable mm-hmm. for the fact that there's a generation of black people who are t- I'm putting this? Um, I'm going to use this word: mm-hmm. defecting from the Democratic Party and aligning themselves with Republicans. When, from my perspective, Republicans don't have mm-hmm. the best interests of black people at heart. Who's responsible for for that defection? As an elected official, Mm -hmm. I believe it's the the elected official. You know, um, rules without relationship Mm -hmm. breeds rebellion. And so we have um, persons that are in the elected capacity who are not modeling the behavior, not putting the policy, not speaking to the issues that are, uh, that are, again, founded in the hearts of men and women that um, traditionally would would be beneficial to the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. That's our fault. Uh, even, as a, even though I'm doing my best uh, to be all of what I believe it is to be a Democratic candidate, oftentimes that's lost in a myriad of issues of past experiences that— I'm just another one of them, mm-hmm. you know. So, you know, unless there's someone that is astute, de- definitely really, really looking, um, that are, are have a relationship with me, or just uh, literally being led by the Spirit, they know who I am. And they may share that, but in the midst of all, and not saying that I'm so much better than everyone else, but there is an issue of being an anomaly in a Democratic delegation that are status quo, mm-hmm. in a Democratic delegation that really do want to get along to be along, um, a Democratic Party that um, thinks that we've arrived. And I understand the numbers. You know, as a council member, I understand I have a 7-5. Um, in the House, it's going to be 105. I, I cannot right now say that I will have the support of the majority of the existing Democratic uh, leadership in mm-hmm. both either the House or the Senate. Mm-hmm. But that does not in any way will impact what my legislation will be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to quite honestly say that if I was able to get the successes that I have with a 7-5, that I'm going to have that same success in the House. Because at the end of the day, many times the, the issues that impact humanity at its core 
everybody could everybody can come to the table with mm-hmm. that. Um, and and even as an elected official, you know, there are white Republicans that will say, I know you the real deal. I might not agree. I, I hate when people say that because I think everybody's supposed to agree with me, right? <laughs> but when so I'm like, that's news to me that you don't agree with me. But you know, I may not agree, but you're true. Mm-hmm. I know who you are. Mm-hmm. I know you're gonna tell the honest. You're not and they what what our black democratic um, person need to realize that at the coffee table, they're saying the opposite about them. Mm-hmm. And that should be a concern, mm-hmm. you know, so. You are an educator. Yes. Um, so it's safe to say that you don't have to run for office. You chose to do this. You've been Metro Council uh, representative of the North Baton Rouge District 2 mm-hmm. uh, for 12 years. It would be 12 years next year. Yes. And you're term limited, and so you're seeking uh, a state representative slot. In that you don't have to do this, in that you're not getting uh, huge compensation for this, what is your motivation to run for office? You could be an advocate in other ways mm-hmm. besides holding a seat. So what is it that motivates you to seek office as opposed to other forms of ad- advocacy. All right. So I was literally called into politics. Um, it is truly, you know, I and I was just sharing the other day when um, the Lord called me to run for office, I could not speak in public. I could, you know, I'm social. I've always been. You know that. But a speech, you've never heard me make a speech or stand before anyone. I actually had a fear of speaking in public, and I also, I mean, everything becomes black and starry. And it, as soon as, you know, and I was speaking um, to people, my representative, my pastor, saying, you know, I believe the Lord is calling me to run for state representative, and he was like, I could see that. Mm-hmm. And then I continued to get confirming words and the, um, and spending just a lot of time in prayer. And I think what set me up for this, if you will, is the fact that I'm three generations, so I've heard from my parents, both sets of my grandparents and my parents, what Scotlandville looked like. And actually, when I read, I thought it was just Scotlandville. Mm-hmm. I did not know it was Bacon, Brownsville, and Beechwood, and all that. But I did, and 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 there was no North Baton Rouge um, defined the boundaries that we see as North Baton Rouge mm-hmm. now. So it literally was a calling and. But the other flip side is usually when people run for office, it's from a place of, um, of I'm not going to say neediness, but I grew up as what was middle class then. I grew up in a family where, um, uh, where I, I honestly was never told no, you know, mm-hmm. but I also did not just ask for anything. Mm-hmm. So when I go into my community, and I know the historical uh, perspective as to what the losses were with Scotlandville, and um, that, you know, the sacrifices of an I-110 I killing our uh, economic corridor along Scenic and Scotlandville, the Baton Rouge Airport expansion, the North Wastewater. So I see all of this in, in the houses, not having a, a middle-class subdivision for 40 years, and we being blamed for it. And so I get a righteous indignation, and I'm like, no, y'all owe us some money. Mm-hmm. So that's the way I legislate. I don't legislate from a position of neediness or wanting. I'm operating from a place where this disenfranchisement has starved our people, but you hold us to the same 
um, value system. Mm-hmm. You say we all should have houses, but you won't build any. And mm-hmm. you took three to four. Mm-hmm. You say that we should have jobs, but you aren't hiring. You you know, you take our middle, our one ma- uh, neighborhood high school, Scotlandville, and you turn into a magnet and you move kids from other areas. So these parents in Scotlandville got to move closer to their kids in Zachary Baker and Central. Mm-hmm. So you owe me. You cannot... Uh, uh, cause our communities to not prosper and then blame us for failure. Mm-hmm. And so that is the mentality that I uh, I operate in, and I go for the cash. I mean, I do change policy. Um, I think it's ridiculous that we had a policy where someone uh, that has a marijuana charge gets fired and you got to come back in three years, whereas you don't serve even six months in jail. So changing that policy, reentry, um, making sure that um, that 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 legacy way that we appointed uh, persons after they ascend or ascend to another level or pass away unexpectedly, that there's not just a legacy transition with spouses and everybody else left out. Mm-hmm. That that democracy continues. So I'm about. I'm, I, I do believe, and I have been successful in asking for what I want. I think as a, as elected official, especially in the black community, we should never go before a king and not ask. Mm-hmm. That's what they're for. So I'm always asking. I'm asking for the sidewalks, and I get them. Mm-hmm. You know, the ER, I got them. I'm asking for the $6 million for housing. And though it took two years of hell, I got it. We talked about, and when I say I, I mean my community. We said, no, you're not going to use it, move the bad zoo, and you're going to put $30 million in each phase, and we got it. Mm-hmm. If we don't ask, we won't get mm-hmm. So we have to ask. We have to put a mandate, and they, it is up to them to tell us why. And then you that's when you start seeing prejudice. You see pride. And I don't care how much money people do not want to be seen that way. Mm-hmm. And so we have to use what we got. If we have to play that card, we have to play it. Can we talk about the Metro Council Let's do for, it. For, for just a minute? Sure. Um, there's a push among conservative circles, as I understand it, to fundamentally change the construct of the Metro Council. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a push for at-large seats, mm-hmm. which is something that they had in the past, mm-hmm. and, and they're trying to revive. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a push for a city manager mm-hmm. uh, that the council approves, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to the mayor mm-hmm. approving. Uh, what's your relationship like with the majority mm-hmm. of the Metro Council? So, um, it's really weird, but I don't, uh, my relationship is, is basically to, for them to support whatever I want them to support. Mm -hmm. I don't, um, have that buddy, buddy system. I don't have the friendship. I don't uh, do a lot of, I don't fellowship afterwards. I mean, they, 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 they literally serve one purpose in my life and it is to, um, be part of the success of my community with a 7-5 vote or more. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that, that makes sense. I do have um, I, the previous council, I'll say the second, my second term, I had the closest relationship with the five black council uh, persons, including myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have that necessarily among the black. I do have cordial relationships. Uh, it does uh, fluctuate. 
Uh, my most stable relationship are with the pro tem mm -hmm. and Cleve Dunn because of the longevity that we have worked together. I appreciate having the sisterhood of Carolyn Coleman. We are great on most things. Um, I have the support of Daryl when there are like-minded issues, but I can't say holistically I have that anymore. Mm -hmm. um, but certainly as it relates to the Republican Party, it is basically all about their vote because you can vote against, um, like in January, vote um, denying 40-some percent of the people to have a, a sixth seat and then be my friend the rest of the year. Sure. And so that's how I see this. It's not that I hold it against them, it was but hubris that's who you are. Too. Yeah. It, it was pure hubris. Yeah. They let us come in there and talk for two and a half, three hours, and they just sat back because they already knew what they were going yeah. to do. And when we had exhausted all of our speakers, they just, okay, motion, second, yeah. Yeah. move on. Yeah, that's disrespectful to me. Yeah. So, you know, I see you. So going back to, 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 to these at-large seats that mm -hmm. they're trying to put, I see it as a power grab. Mm -hmm. They see the, the complexion of this city changing. They realize that they can't do a whole lot about mm -hmm. that. So if we can't, massage it one way, we'll manipulate it another. We'll change right. all the rules. Right. Who's going to call them on that oh, it's once you called. leave the Metro Council? Now, that's because, a problem. Because I, I have heard you. I, I watched the Metro Council meetings. Who's going to call them on, on these uh, uh, activities once you, uh, uh, your, your term is, is completed? Right. So, uh, so the, the, the way this conversation opened uh, was when my colleague, uh, Donna Collins-Lewis, mm -hmm. uh, was terming, and she wanted to uh, look into changing the plan of government to include an at-large, and she was hoping to be the person in that position. The manipulation came in her choosing her committee. We started getting business com the business community, the chamber, mm -hmm. um, other businesses, uh, that, you know, like you said, really want to maintain a certain degree of power. Mm -hmm. And that's not a bad thing, but it exists, mm -hmm. you know. And so things got left. You know, things went left. Um, every time it would come up, I was like, no, we don't need to, we don't, we're not going to even vote on this. Mm -hmm. So they were given, so before uh, Councilwoman, former Councilwoman Coleman, I mean, uh, Donna Collins Lewis left, she gave a report. Well, when Rowdy Goday came in, um, un, without without competition, I mean without competition or opposition, yeah. yeah, he wrote a letter to all of us wanting to pick up there, and we were like, "No, you just get in here, you know." Yeah. So we have managed to hold off this entire two years, but I don't know what. You know, as bad as I want to move from the house to the house, I am 100% concerned about my seat. Mm -hmm. And my constituents are as well. Uh, I'm like, please don't not vote for me <laughs> because you want to keep me, uh, because you still, you miss it. There's more head. There's mm -hmm. more work, you know. But I don't know. I mean, I, we're having conversations about settling uh, the Scott Wilson situation with uh, Gary Chambers, Mike McCallahan, and uh, Eugene Collins, uh, that's two years. Mm -hmm. 
You know, I'm the only one in the room talking about it. I'm the only one in the room putting an agenda item. But Karen Charlotte, you know, filed one day and two months later, we were we were doing talking about it in executive session. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm dealing with as it relates to a city manager. Currently under the Metro Council, we um, we we are over the uh, council administrator. Mm -hmm. We are the position of in that office, uh, public relations, and also the parish attorney. If you, if with a seven five right now, all of their decisions are impacted by whether or not they will lose favor with the powers that be, mm -hmm. the majority. So we, if we have a city manager who once again, who now is in that same position, we would be in serious trouble. I agree. Because, I mean, I don't care what blackface they put in those positions, they still are concerned about losing their job. We lost the last three parish attorneys because they lost favor with a white Republican council member mm -hmm. who influenced the rest of the council. Mm -hmm. So it's a real concern, and to have, and, and it's bad enough with the parish attorney, that being the case, mm -hmm. because we aren't getting fair representation in any case. And the conversation, when they come to the mic, is going to be based on that. Who's, who's looking at me and those stares mm -hmm. and those eyes, and they'll flip on you like a minute. So I do not think we should have a city manager. The Supreme Court said that Louisiana's congressional delegation is improperly balanced, mm -hmm. that there should be a second uh, majority-minority seat. Um, the state legislature gerrymandered themselves into the positions that they currently hold, mm -hmm. albeit with the support of some black representatives and senators, because for whatever reason, they feel like they need 80% black in order to win a seat. And yeah. I have steadfastly said, if you can't win with a seat that's 60% as opposed to 80%, maybe you don't need to be in the seat in, in, in the first place. Mm -hmm. But this also happened with the school board, and it also happened with the metro. In every area of government where representation had to be reapportioned mm -hmm. based upon the census, we were bullied out of, position, out of seats that should legitimately be ours. Yeah. The Supreme Court said something about the congressional aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Who's going to speak on the state level? Who's going to speak on the Metro Council level? Who's going to speak on the East Baton Rouge Parish school board level? Right. So um, the school board has so many issues, <laughs> you it know. It does. That uh, I'll go straight to the Metro Council. So for the Metro Council, first of all, the person, again, we go back to the 7-5. There's one individual that chooses the demographer for the Metro Council, and it is the parish attorney. I'm sorry, it is the council administrator. The, the, the same gentleman, the same firm that um, 
was and I, I've forgotten the name. He cleaned up because yeah. he worked. He worked for everybody. Yeah. Every meeting so, I went to, yeah, he was the he guy was that, that that they were so talking to. We there. That, so supposedly there was a committee in the uh, council. Mm -hmm. I have asked who was on the committee. Mm -hmm. I have asked for meeting notes. That I have not gotten any of that. And again, who's gonna make them? You know. So, but what I do know is that on the um, list of criteria that was set, one of them was minority representation. Mm -hmm. So we have a white guy with all white, like five white employees. We have this one black guy who is his sole, no, all black, I believe. I can't remember. No, the white guy is by himself. No one else is working for him. That black guy uh, that his firm had like four or five black persons or women or whatever, mm -hmm. both of them received three points. How does that happen? Yeah. So those are the things that are going on in our community with our representation. And as long as we have a 7-6, we literally are going to not be able to uh, have a voice. If there's someone that's on the planning committee, like I'm on the planning commission right now, I've never wanted to be on a commission because I've been about my, my community. But when I put my name on the planning commission, all of a sudden somebody else wanted it. That's how it worked. So we have people on airport committee. They still, as long as we have a 7-5, they got to play ball because otherwise they're going to the lose their position. Our pro Tim, who is awesome, he still got to play ball. So all of these are issues where they have us at a disadvantage. Now, I believe we have more power than we think. Mm -hmm. But I can't walk. I don't know what all their dynamics are. That's who I am. I'm older. I'm more experienced. I grew up differently. Um, and it got a little crazy in me. So I can't. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't. And, and it's good crazy, you know. Um, mm -hmm. I tell people, <laughs> when people, um, uh, I've actually met uh, persons and they're quiet and uh, come out of town and they're and they're listening and at the end of the conversation they'll say, "I was told that you you were crazy. You're not crazy at all." And I say, "Yes, I am crazy like a fox." Mm -hmm. You know. So I own all of that, mm -hmm. and all of that is what makes me successful. And um, you know, I, I do a lot of praying. I find scriptures. I find I hear I know what Esther did, you know. I, that's who I really read. So for everything that I do, I could find a Bible scripture that mm -hmm. lines up with it. My my concern with regard to reapportionment mm -hmm. is you're very good at going back to the subject. Well, <laughs> that's good. That's my task. That's your host. Yeah. Is it something that's going to be litigated in a court? And, and if so, whose court is it going to? Is okay. it going to the state Supreme Court? Yeah. Is it going to the federal court? Uh, I, 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 I get gravely concerned about the local federal court passing judgments, mm -hmm. and then they're overruled by the Fifth Circuit. Right. right. I, I just saw that happen with juveniles yes. at Angola. Angola. Judge right. Dick said one thing, and the Fifth Circuit comes back and says, "No, we're going to hold." that un yeah. until later mm -hmm. on. Is the same thing going to happen when it comes to 
reapportionment for the Metro Council. Is there a plan to litigate, to okay. change reapportionment? So we have been, as, and when I say we, the Metro Council, mm -hmm. and specifically uh, Cleve Dunn, Councilman Cleve Dunn Jr., have been asking about this very topic amongst, and we're having these conversations. We have not been able to honestly be able to get assistance from the Louisiana NAACP. Um, so there, there are some conversations on litigation, how it's going to file, who's going to file. I don't know the specifics, but I do know the the what you see play out across the country where it is um, like the NAACP that mm -hmm. is filing. It does not appear that that's going to be the way the Metro Council is to move forward with litigation. But is this not on a clock? Because well, that's the, why longer, we're to move. the longer <laughs> we wait to yeah. litigate this matter, the less uh, attention it's going sure. to get. Sure. And pretty soon they're going to say, well, you know, in a couple of years, you're going, you're going to have a, a new election, and we don't want to do we anything to, to mess with, with, the, with the election. So the, 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 there is a time, and again, we spent a lot of time <coughs> waiting. We got, we were waiting, trying to work with the NAA, the Louisiana NAACP. Mm -hmm. And um, so now we're on the fast track of trying to get it done. You know, that's the most I could speak to that. And they are very much aware of the time constraints. Okay. That's where you are currently. You're yes. about to move, or you're seeking to move, to the state legislature. Mm -hmm. Same problem I know. exists in the state legislature. Yes. Who's responsible for getting that matter litigated? Again. And, and is there any activity taking place where that's concerned? So I have not heard of there being, it does appear to be um, something that is mute now with the legislature, um, and I don't have a hand in that, but I think, again, just as I'm saying, where's the voice? Who's going to do the push? What are the powers that are behind the whole situation? If, if we have a majority, not a majority, but we have a significant amount of black leaders mm -hmm. that are literally for Jeff Landry, mm -hmm. we have a significant amount of black leaders that are for Hunter Lundy. Mm -hmm. I've heard them, I've seen it, and they've told me. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, why, why, how do, does that play into it? We have to walk, be marching to one, um, marching to one beat, and because of egos and self-imposed um, kingship, if you will, we don't. That's not going to happen. Well, it begs the question, and I wasn't going to ask it, but but you you just put it out there. I'd be remiss not to ask it. How it is, is it? No. How is it that Negroes? No, I, okay. I'm not going to ask you to name people. Okay. Uh, how is it that Negroes can support Jeff Landry and support Hunter Lundy, and not support the black Democratic candidate Sean Wilson? And who cleared the path? so that it's Sean Wilson and almost nobody else. I know that there are mm -hmm. other Democrats in the race, but, mm -hmm. but, but the path was, was, was cleared mm -hmm. so that Sean Wilson would be the Democratic candidate. Whose brilliant idea was it to make Sean Wilson the Democratic candidate for governor? Well, I think he came in with an endorsement from the current 
Yes. So that whose idea? Now I don't was know. that. I have no idea. Now because in, you're telling me that blacks, and not just black politicians, black business people, are lining up behind Jeff Landry. They've already got their hands out as to what they're gonna get. Mm-hmm. When and, and just pay attention to to what they get, mm-hmm. so that you'll know who it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the, but we the, had it in the, They're lined up for Jeff Landry. Mm-hmm. They're lined up for Mr. Lundy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but somebody made the decision to clear the path for Mr. Wilson. And I'm asking you, who made that decision? So I'm not into that. That, that like... As I said, as a councilwoman, I see from afar, I see what's going on in the school system, I see what's going on with the state, but I have to stay true to the Metro Council and what I'm trying to do with my own community. What I will say is that a lot of this has to do with who's going to get appointments. Mm -hmm. So, again, we don't look out for the mass of community you know that's why our communities and crime look so the way deals are made at the state level is if I vote if if you if I have you you're going to be put on the Southern University board mm-hmm. one that's one person who sells out their entire community to be on a board mm-hmm. or if you don't run I can get you a $250 appointment that is how things operate. And again, going back to why people are voting Republican or why um, many people don't have uh, a lot of confidence in the Democratic Party is they want to go with where they think the money and the power is. And that is where we are. And there is a sacrifice. So this is not a judgment call. When you stand up, for right, for people uh, that are the least of these, you you become a target with your own people. Mm-hmm. And so going into politics, for me, the people that I used to, I judged the way they deal things, I don't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Because I know your own people would turn it. It's just that that too shall pass, and you stay focused and you do what's right. But everybody doesn't have that. Mm-hmm. They're not built that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, we literally lose jobs. I know when I didn't vote a certain way, my job with East Bandwich Parish was threatened. It was eliminated. And if you cannot stay afloat, all of that matters. So, And then you can say, like, well, I'm sacrificing, but, you know. I mean, this happened to um, Michael, Michael Jackson when he ran, you know, all the black community, black Democratic Party did not support him. Mm-hmm. So this is not We'll go all the way back to A.C. Belton. Mm-hmm. You know, A.C. Belton laid the foundation for Second Ward's Voters League, did everything, sacrificed. As soon as we get to the place where we can make Scotlandville um, its own carbon. The, yes. The educated yeah. black folks were against him. Mm-hmm. I believe it sent him to an early grade. Mm-hmm. So... This, this this is nothing new. I grew up in Scotland. Oh, you know, I, I, I know, you know. I, I remember that. You know, I, you know. Yes. So that's all. That's what we're dealing with now. Assuming that you ascend to the state legislature, and assuming that 
the structure of the legislature is essentially unchanged. What do you think you can do to impact uh, the legislature for your community uh, to bring about the progress that you seek? It will not change any different from what I do now. I start out with a vision. I have a list of things that I want to do. The only thing that I have not since 2012 been able to accomplish as of this date is the grocery store. Mm -hmm. uh, what I also find out, which is new, is that every idea that we've come up and myself in the, for our community, mm -hmm. just like what happened with AC Belton, we have a surrogate trying to do the same thing because they are either in the they're already elected or they're con connected to a foundation mm -hmm. or whatever. So you know, we, it's, it's always that, but you know, at the end we'll prevail. Um, but my, it's it's my I do believe still that everybody wants what's right. And that at the end of the day, this entire state, which is on the low path of everything, this city will not be able to fully overcome all of its maladaptive uh, assets unless they are equitable in making sure that every community thrives. Mm -hmm. And that will be my, my continued preach and um, I think that's where, so I can't just put money in one building. I have to have, talk about the building, the house, uh, contracts. Mm -hmm. um, I have to talk about every aspect of quality of life assets, and I need to go for it. One of the I, main things I want to do is um, bring funding to Baker High School, the only school in all of Louisiana totally devastated by the 2016 flood that has not been rebuilt. Mm -hmm. Those are the kind of things that I uh, want. I already know that I want to impact. I want to impact Ronison Field um, on a 10-year track to closure. I want to stop other parishes from being able to dump on the Alson community. So, you know, the highways, 964, Thomas Road, uh, scenic highway is not scenic. So my base is still the area that I um, represent now, but it just goes farther to U.S. 61, mm -hmm. that end of scenic highway, uh, 964, groom, and all the, but those are state highways that need help. And so um, the recipe has, is not going to change, and I do believe that I'll be successful. You mentioned Baker High School not having been rebuilt. Does the fact that Baker has an independent school district play any role in that? Have they not been uh, good advocates for their own rebuilding program? Or, or, or is it a state legislative problem? So it's some of all of that. Um, they have not had the proper leadership. On the, either on the board, there's a on the board as well as um, that is control. I'll just say the board because they control the superintendent and what all happens at Baker. So I will say that that is a problem. However, um, I still believe that when you put money, there are certain mandates that must be followed. Mm -hmm. But we have to have somebody steering the ship. Mm -hmm. I am a councilwoman. 
However, I have, through a vision, $25 million that's building a mega shelter at Southern University. Mm -hmm. I'm a councilwoman. So it, it doesn't, the borders won't change mm -hmm. if you have a vision that makes sense. And people would carry the water for you long after. I, I, this, I, I brought this idea before the pandemic. They're doing a groundbreaking, you know, within a couple of months. Mm -hmm. People don't even know I was behind it. Mm -hmm. They will know. But, you know, so, yeah, Baker, no, everything I see is not a barrier. It's an opportunity. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I operate. With regard to education, you are an educator. I had Deidre's Landis in here a couple mm -hmm. months back. And I was asking him about the proliferation of charter schools in East Baton Rouge Parish. I'm not a huge charter mm -hmm. school person. Uh, you might be. I don't know your position mm -hmm. on that. Uh, from what I can read and research, while charters may work in other places, they have not been effective here. And yet we continue to have charter after charter after charter. And I was asking him about that, and one of the things that he said that I did not know, but I'm sure you knew, but I did not know, is that Bessie can overrule the East Baton Rouge Parish School Board with regard to charters. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the school board can say no, and Mr. Lane has said that they did say no in a couple of cases, mm -hmm. and Bessie came back and overruled them, and the charters went into place. Is that something that, as a legislator on the state level, you can address or, or is Bessie an independent uh, board that does not have to follow the dictates of the state legislature? So they are, of course, an, an independent board, but again, they are all elected. Um, even if there is, I, I believe that from the school board position, there are only two charters that they should approve. I don't think, right now, I think we, we should be at our max, but those that are homegrown, mm -hmm. And the ones that are that currently exist, but there should be just like we we have to um, turn over all assets to them when they fail. They should have to turn all assets up back to us. Mm -hmm. um, I including could, facilities. Oh yeah, yeah. Just like I mean the same mandate. Yes. So when they feel that there's a when when charters start feeling that there's that kind of threat. Mm -hmm. As it relates to their them working together, mm -hmm. that's going to be a game changer. So let's have uh, reciprocity, whereas our schools are uh, we lose all our assets for a charter. If charters fail, they lose all their assets to us. And so that's the way um, I believe uh, we can uh, move forward. I'm not sure if that's at the state level, but I know when the charters were. Uh, first formed, that was all legislation, mm -hmm. you know. So, you know, let's just have, if we're going to have if an even uh, playing field, that needs to be part of it. Okay. I think that's reasonable. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd, I'd certainly like to see th something like that mm -hmm. happen. Um, what kind of influence do you think the Legislative Black Caucus can have with the incoming governor presuming that it will not be mr wilson i won't say who it will mm -hmm. be but presuming that it will not be mr wilson mm -hmm. which means that more than likely it, it'll be a republican they need a black agenda 
if you have a bl the legislative black caucus, have them all have town hall meetings mm -hmm. in their prospective districts. From that meeting or charrette or whatever they have, there's a black agenda. Then they come together and they, they bring it together on how it would work. Now that takes a lot of humility mm -hmm. that we don't have. But if you have a black agenda and you come with 48% of the people in this district saying this is what we want, and it is publicized, it is a checklist, and there is legislation or changes that lines up with those, we could work together. That is what, otherwise, it's a big black party. But if we want to get serious, we need a state black agenda, and everybody comes together. That's what it would take. And we could use that same agenda to the dip for the Democratic Party. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's, it's a massive idea, and it will transcend and make the accountability. This, does, does, when stuff come up, does it line up? And I'm, you don't have to fight everything that comes, but you definitely need to at least make, if you, especially if we're the minority, at least get your stuff through. Mm -hmm. But that, that is, that takes coming together, that takes humility, and that makes, that has to be where everybody can be achieved. Mm -hmm. And that's part of our problem. Election is on October 14th? No, it's on October 30th through October 7th. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that camera. Yes. And tell our viewers, our listeners, why they should vote for Chana Banks. You should vote for Chana Banks because of uh, my passion for progress, um, the ability to speak um, to issues that imp impact voters, not because I read in a book or someone heard, but because I live it. I'm out there in the community. Uh, I'm Shirley Chisholm's daughter, <laughs> not really, but uh, I'm, I'm bossed and I'm bought. Uh, I fear nobody but God. And I am accessible to the people. I have a history of getting things done at the federal, state, and local level. Um, uh, once I make up my mind and I've done the research, very seldom will that change. Uh, but there's a certain amount of accountability that I bring. And uh, I legislate and delegate if though I am my own constituent. And I think that's what sets me apart. Uh, I do believe I'm an anomaly in the political arena, and I believe that that is how I have been mandated from um, being a watchtower for my community, whether I am in this seat or not. Um, so that brings uh, something, I believe, to the table that you haven't seen, and together we win, not just Shawna Banks, but everybody that uh, I'll represent. Shawna Banks, thank you for taking the time to come and share with us today. Thank you. It's Thank you for pleasure. viewing. Thank you for listening. We'll be back again next time.